relax, you got nothing to lose. What do you think I'm about to show you? The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Show me your movie, you can say it again. Just wait till you see what I did at the end. The female of the species is more deadly than a male. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women-identified directors that prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast. We celebrate the work of cis and trans women, as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me today is the always lovely, the brains of the operations, for sure, <laughs> the one and only Ariel. Oh, boy. That's a big mantle to carry, the brains of the operation. I feel like we often just, like, share a singular brain cell and just, like, pass <laughs> it back and forth. We are just brain cells rubbing together on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping that we come up the with The worst OnlyFans account ever. <laughs> uh, but we are not alone guys we're in for such a treat today i can't even tell you how much i've been looking forward to this episode making his triumphant return we have <laughs> a very special guest joining us today it is our friend that's right i've decided we're friends too late can't take it back now is the excellent co-host of one of my favorite pods friday the 13th andrew huff is back I'm back. You can't keep me down when it comes to rape revenge movies. So. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine talking about these movies with anyone else. Agreed. <laughs> it's our thing now. Yeah. The monkey paw was worth the curse. We were able to get you back. Glad to oh. be here. So, so, okay. First of all, let's catch up on what's going on with Friday the 13th. The show was amazing. You guys are always up to something. Let the let our listeners know what's happening in your world. So yeah, um, apart from our regular episodes, we are smack dab in the middle of our global horror series. Um, we decided a little while back that we wanted to do some special episodes where we explore different parts of the world because we're also like we're also consumed by the world that we live in. We wanted to take a step out and kind of talk about other places in the world. So we've already done Italy and Australia. Our Mexico episode will be out by the time you're listening to this. And then we'll have a couple more to go. We're trying to hit every continent. Uh, it's becoming a little harder to get to South America just because there's not as many accessible movies out there. Uh, um, yeah, but, I can see that. Uh, and then we're still deciding where we want to go in Asia. I think we're down to like Japan, China, or Korea. But yeah. I wouldn't mind Thailand either. So there's a, like a plethora of movies that we could do. There over really there. But, are. There's some great ones there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, that's kind of been, apart from like Universal Monsters, it's kind of like my um, my spot in horror that I haven't been very good at is like is like foreign horror. Mm -hmm. um, just because, yeah. I mean, I was going through like college when the remake of Palooza was happening of like J-horror right. and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't really go back and watch a lot of those movies. So it's been really exciting to go back and kind of revisit some movies that I maybe passed up. Um, we just watched the original We Are What We Are, the, the Mexican Ooh, version. Yeah, and that, that 
blew me away. Like the American remake is like nothing compared to that movie. Um, so yeah, it's been a really interesting ride, but yeah, that's kind of what we've been up to apart from, you know, our regular episodes. We'll be hitting our hundredth episode, I think in pride month, if we're lined up correctly. So yeah. And, and, and five years on the pod. So that's kind of an incredible feat. Accomplishment. Yeah. I think, yeah. Honestly, I haven't been at most jobs for five years, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I hope you have at least five more years in you because I would be very sad not to have you guys, you and Maddie, in our lives. That'd be such a bummer. We'll keep going as long as it stays fun. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the key. That's the key. So I was going to ask you, actually, as you were talking about like all of these episodes around the world, if there was like one thing... I know you mentioned we are what we are, but was there another thing you're like, okay, people, if you miss the boat on this, this is like the most important of the films that we've covered that you need to correct. I mean, I gave my one of my highest scores ever to Lake Mungo, which is an Australian movie. Uh, that movie, I think it was my third time watching it. And like, I, I can't even tell you, I, w- I was watching the movie and I, the way that our house is positioned, my couch is in the middle of our like shared kitchen living room space. And I kept it like looking behind me because I was just like so freaked out. <laughs> that movie just it, they do such a good job of giving you like the goose, like the goose pimples and the chills that and that last part of, of Lake Mungo is so devastating and so sad that mm-hmm. it 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 mm-hmm. it honestly blew me away. So if you've not seen Lake Mungo, I know that one's a little more accessible. I think it's on shutter right now. Um, but that one, if you, if you missed that in the, uh, the eight films to die for, I think yes! it was included in the, um, then I would definitely go back and give that one a, a watch. Yeah. That, that one is, is so good. It gets under your skin for sure. Yeah. God, the eight films to die for. <laughs> that is a blast. From what, the a, path. what a pile of garbage, except for like three. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. There's like three amazing ones. And the bummer is like they would, the good ones get lost in the shuffle because people are you know, they, they yeah. de- delve in and they're like, ooh. <laughs> not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know we are only in February, but I wondered if there was anything that you've seen so far this year that is like, it's in the number one spot that is that all the other movies have to beat it kind of thing. Like your favorite thing that you've seen so far this year. I mean, um, Megan's really high up there just because of the like fun factor of it. But like a movie that I just watched, I believe it's on Paramount Plus that kind of like took me by surprise because it was one of those ones that we were like, uh, what do we have? Like, just turn this on. It'll be fine. And it kind of like blew me away was Significant Other. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Yeah, it would be so good. Surprisingly good. I didn't expect anything either. Yeah. It's not being talked about nearly enough. I think that it kind of got lost in that like direct to streaming uh, yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Micah Monroe, like there's got, it's got people in it. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not going to get, I don't want to give anything away, but the twist that that movie took me on, I was not expecting. Yeah. So no, that was, that was, was a I. pleasant surprise. Yeah. When that it's first very creepy thing happens i'm just uh-huh. gesturing because we're not putting uh-huh. out the video i was just like <laughs> and it's so early in the movie i was like how is this thing going yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not expect what it was that's a good one that is a really good one okay now let's be shady because we love to be a little bit shady what's the worst thing you've seen so far in 2023 <laughs> what should oh, we avoid un- yeah, unfortunately, uh, so I watched a lot of the MTV um, era of like Scream, and then they did Teen Wolf, uh, 
And I, I watched I watched Teen Wolf all the way almost till the end. And I, I kind of yeah. fell off towards the end. So I was uh-huh. kind of excited for like this new like oh, wolf no. pack with Sarah Michelle Gellar and like the Teen Wolf movie. And so we, yeah. we went to go turn on the Teen Wolf movie. I'm like, listen, we're getting back to like our old ways with some of our old cast. They brought everybody back except for like one or two people. Styles. Man, that movie, T- <laughs> Teen Wolf the movie is a stinker and a half. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, and get, no. and get this it. it is two hours and 40 minutes that is so Ooh. long for that kind of movie Ooh. yeah <laughs> and i just i don't i feel like a lot of these actors really haven't worked a ton since that show and i felt like they were just a little stiff and i don't know like it just felt really phoned in and i was so sad so <sighs> such a bummer that is such a bummer i like accidentally spoiled the one death for myself and i was just like well i'm not gonna watch this now (laughs) 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 well that's a bummer because i was actually kind of looking forward to that because that was that show was definitely like i don't feel guilty about it but it would be like a guilty pleasure if i for sure about it yeah but that's that's a bummer and i also want the best for all of those actors you know what i mean so to hear that is well, and also they don't bring back the comic relief. So like, where's the, right. where's the umph? Where's the passion? I don't know. It just, it felt really flat for me, unfortunately. I wonder because he was originally, I think, going to do it and then wasn't. I wonder if he saw the script and was like, uh, no, <laughs> I got to go be a movie <laughs> yeah. star now. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, okay. Let's go back to things that I presume that you like. You picked today's film. Blood Games by Tanya uh, Rosenberg. So tell me a little bit about what made you pick this one. So a little story with this movie is that when I was a kid, it was kind of a free for all what we could rent, like from the from the video store, you know, up where I was from, it was family video um, or Hollywood (laughs) video sometimes. But like, so growing up, I always had this memory of this movie. And the only things I could remember was like, they play baseball a guy, a girl, or a guy gets his head face scratched by nails, and a girl gets <laughs> shot by a crossbow. So, like that's yeah. that's my that was my memory of this, but it was never associated with what the actual title of the movie was. So, like, do you ever have those moments where you just have like, was that a dream? Do, did oh, I yes. actually watch oh, that? Um, and so it took a really, really long time for me to figure out what this movie was, and then I just became obsessed with it i don't and i I don't know why um i think partly partly it was like almost i don't want to say gatekeepery but i would be like well have you seen blood games you know (laughs) it's a deep (laughs) cut it is it is yeah um so and then um vinegar syndrome put so before this it was in complete obscurity like you could not find this movie anywhere um, somebody had uploaded it to something that you could stream it at one point, but eventually got taken down. And then out of nowhere during the pandemic, um, vinegar syndrome, like found it. I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and they, they restored it to 2k it, it, and it looks really good. And they put out a nice Blu-ray and, you know, for your listeners that the actual Blu-ray transfer is on Tubi for free. So you can watch it there. And so this for me is just kind of one of those movies that like, I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> I mean, I think it is interesting and it is a little bit of an oddity for sure, especially because we were kind of talking about this before the show. Like it came out in 1990, but I, I'm not sure I believe it. I feel like somebody put it in time machine because the thing looks like it came straight out of the 70s. 
Yeah. Like, I think I heard one dialing of the women. Oh, yeah. nice. oh my gosh, they those, those booty shorts. Yeah. <laughs> shorts. Well, I'm going to call shenanigans on those shorts. I played <laughs> softball. Yeah. Like that is you, you, there's a reason we wear sliding pants. Yeah. <laughs> you need more coverage for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the like raspberries they would get in those things. My god. I mean that's the only that's the only quibble I have with the movie. Otherwise, it's perfect. It's accurate. <laughs> 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 Behave. <laughs> Just the I, short. I love the styling of it. I think. Oh, that, no, it's great. Um, it the when they actually like settle into like their outfits for the movie, like that mm-hmm. that's like it's like quintessential like late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. wear. But and it's you know we'll get to this but this is a either you know you can call it hicksploitation i've heard it called sexploitation i've heard it just called exploitation um yeah. so there is some like tna for this movie that it's and I, i'll say that most of it is done tastefully um there are there is one scene that we'll talk about that's un, uh, yeah. unfortunately very distasteful but um I, it takes me back to like side ponies and bracelets and I don't know, like <laughs> jean sports and I don't yeah. know. I just love it. Yeah. It, is a, yeah. it is a total time capsule, both in the way that yeah. it's styled and also even kind of the dialogue and the style of acting too. It feels mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. of a time. Yeah. And and also George Buck Flowers is in it. That is a time machine in and of itself. It was so funny because I just watched him in the fog. I was like, oh, this man right. has range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a weird tone in the movie too, because like a lot of the characters are like really like hooking it up and playing it up. And then yeah. we have like our main baddie, uh, Mr. Collins, who is just like He's in a different movie than everybody else. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to get him a therapist real bad. Real bad. <laughs> All right. So before we get any further, really quickly, let's talk about our spoiler policy. Ariel, how how do we handle spoilers on More Deadly? So eventually we're going to spoil the whole movie because we need to talk about everything that happens in it. But before that, Rachel is going to tell us a little bit about the director, a tiny, (laughs) tiny bit about the director, little bit, (laughs) (laughs) and the making of the movie. And then we are going to all give you our sort of non-spoiler general thoughts about whether you should check it out. And then everything's up for grabs. But Rachel will give you a warning before we go full spoiler. Yes. Yes. Okay. So... I'm, here's the thing. I'm actually going to hand this over to you because it turns out we actually have the the historian of this film on the We plot. sure do. <laughs> I spent so much time scouring the internet for information about this movie. When I tell you that Tanya Rosenberg and this film are like ghosts as far as the internet, I am overstating it. There is nothing online that I could find. Basically, I know one fact beyond the fact that she is a woman identified director and is that she is an Israeli woman identified director. We have reached the end of the information that I have on the back half. There's not even information about the release of the film, box office, nothing. Nothing about production. I could find nothing. But as it turns out, Andrew, you have the Blu-ray. So you have a few fun facts that you can share with the listeners because I'm obsessed now. I want nothing more than to like track down Tanya Rosenberg. So this is actually the time in the show where I'm just going to put plea out there. Tanya, if you are listening or somebody who knows her is listening or someone from the cast is listening or someone who knows someone from the cast, (laughs) we would love to have you on the show. Hit me up, slide into the DMs. We can talk offline if you want, like just for personal reasons. I need I have questions about this film and I would love to hear from you. So this is my like missed connections on the Internet plea (laughs) to reach out because I would love to know everything about the making of this film and about its director. Was this her right. only film? 
that she directed? Mrs. Only Nancy? one. Okay. Only one. Wow. There's nothing. I swear to God, I really did. Try. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I was like reading every review I could get my hands on to see if there was just like a tidbit in there, but there's nothing. So what did, what did you learn from watching the bonus features, Andrew? Yeah. So as I mentioned before, we started recording the alternate title for this movie is uh, <laughs> Baseball Bimbos and Hillbilly Hell, which I think is a fantastic. It's uh, so it's good. <laughs> Way um, better than board and, games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe more, a little less accessible. But, I you mean, know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it would have had a better chance of becoming a cult classic with that title. Yeah. Though. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So like I said before, this is kind of falls within the exploitation, sexploitation realm. Um, Tanya Rosenberg, obviously directed um, Israeli woman, but also mostly an Israeli crew, I learned. Um, um, Laura Albert is on on the um, Blu-ray kind of talking about her time on the movie. It sounds like they had like the best time making this movie. They all became friends for the most part. There's four of them that kind of became really good friends and stayed friends for a really long time. Um, the woman that plays Donna actually like just lives right down the street from from Laura. So they all kind of so like cute. stayed in touch. <laughs> I guess our main bad guy brought his kids to this set and they like became really close with Laura over time. And like oh, she wow. just 30 years later met up with these children and like talked to them about their time on the set. And so like the people that were involved in this movie actually were like 100% in and like none of them really went on to big careers whatsoever. I mean, we have our main, um, the the blonde haired bad guy, Roy's, Roy's best friend. Mm-hmm. He is like an every guy actor. Like he always turns up playing like the gas station attendant or the cop yeah. in the background or like that, you know, that kind of a character <laughs> right. actor. Yeah. Um, and, and Laura actually was a, a model before she was an actress. She uh, said that she won a modeling contest and the prize was five free acting lessons. And so she went to go to acting school and then was there for two years. She never left. And so she really wanted to do uh, some, she really wanted to get into action. um, And so she trained for this movie in martial arts, I learned. Oh, that's uh, cool. And she, she, her career never really got off. Um, she did a couple of other things, a couple of other action movies. But then she got this calling of becoming a stunt woman, and she's been a stunt woman for like twenty five years. And oh, wow. big movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, like she just is that woman. Um, and she still lives in California where they filmed this. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a time capsule of a movie, you know. And I think that they kind of feel that way too. And you could sense from the interview that that she was a little sad that it did never became like kind of like the cult classic that some of these movies from this era become over time. But you yeah. know what? I'm spreading the good word about yes! board games. Yeah. And gonna be, I'm gonna, not going to stop talking about it until everyone has seen it. So. Yeah, it does yeah. have so many of those elements that make it feel like something that would be a midnight movie that yeah. people watch over and over again and talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I heard one reviewer. alone. Yeah, yeah. I heard one reviewer say that it was kind of like Deliverance, Porky's, and um, the Bad News Bears had a baby because it was blood games. Yes, that's not inaccurate. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, by the way, Andrew. That was actually fascinating. And so I I put you on the spot. You didn't prepare anything. That was off the top of your head and like 
Very impressive. Very impressive. I'm very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So let's talk about our feelings in a non-spoiler way. Like you said, it is available on Tubi. So if people are curious about this, but they haven't seen it, it's very, very accessible. If you have an internet connection, you can watch this thing. So do you want to go first, Andrew, or do you want me to put Ariel on the spot first? Um, I can I can just go really yeah, quick first. Yeah, um, go, just no, I think I've kind time. of I've kind of like laid out my hand already, but um. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious if you were like, "This is the worst movie." Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Twist. <laughs> um, no, I think I think what for this movie, what really grabs me is that I kind of grew up in a place like this town that they're in, like where oh, okay. it was a little bit more backwoods. There wasn't a lot of people. Like there would be like a community get together to go watch the baseball game for Roy's birthday, like that kind of a thing. And then I think what really just got me with this movie was the camaraderie between the women. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but the body count at the end is, I don't think what you would expect going into the movie, um, just given like the premise of everything. And surprisingly, a lot of action for a very low budget, late 80s, early 90s movie and I think for me, it's it's all about the women in this movie. I think that they, while maybe not the best actresses in the world, still feel like a friend group. They still feel yeah. like they know each yeah. other. And specifically in, there's a, a scene, and this is where the TNA comes in, but where they're in the locker room after the game and they're just kind of talking and it feels really natural. And that's not always the case in these kind of mm -hmm. like, well, you got to put the boobies in it now. And like, <laughs> right, you know? right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. overall, um, Blood Game is pretty high. And I, like I said, I just don't think enough people have seen it and I'm not really sure why. Because this mm -hmm. has, like you said, the makings of kind of a midnight movie or something that people could um, start at a party or something like that. So yeah, just overall, I do think some of the the acting choices are a little stiff. And I do think some of the um, action, especially with uh, some of the gun work is like, not accurate. But, <laughs> but um, other than that, I think it's actually a really beautifully shot movie. I give a lot of credit to Tanya Rosenberg. There's a couple of moments that we'll talk about later where she does kind of a slow motion and it's not your mm, typical mm -hmm. slow motion. It, mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know if she slowed it down even more than slow motion or what it was, but it just looks really beautiful, especially when they get out in the forest. I just think yeah. some of those shots are really well done. But um, overall, I really like this movie. Is it like a grimy experience? A little bit, but I still like it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I'm really eager to hear your guys' opinions because like I, I had said before we started recording, um, the last time that I reviewed this movie was with my co-host, which is another man uh, and also another gay man. So we tend to like love our queens and like this movie is full of queens. And so I think that <laughs> yeah. we like we just got like totally on board with this. But I can see from a female's perspective where this movie could be a lot more dark and a lot more haunting. So mm -hmm. eager to hear your guys' mm -hmm. opinions. Sure, sure. You want to go, Ariel? Let, let me know what you thought. Yeah, sure. So I actually agree with a lot of what you've said, Andrew. I did find a lot of this movie to be enjoyable. There are some fun action beats to it and action scenes and ch like car chase scenes that are shot really well and that are really fun to watch. And I think that the female solidarity in the movie is is really nice that they you know, help each other and never leave somebody behind. And, you know, it's like really important to them and they're kind of really tough and the men in this are largely morons which is kind of a fun thing to watch um 
Other than that, though, I do think sometimes exploitation films can be a little bit complicated to enjoy just in general and and review, too, because it's like I'm somebody who does like action stuff and over the top gore and violence, and that can all be really fun to watch. And exploitation films can be kind of transgressive, too, in a way that can be exciting. But there's also this line to them where they can almost feel a little hypocritical because it's like they're trying to point out the evils in society. In this case, the sort of toxic masculinity, the rape culture, all of that, while also kind of reveling in that. Do you know what I mean? So it makes exploitation films sometimes a little bit complicated to enjoy. But I also think that there is enough kind of ridiculousness in this movie and silliness. And like you were saying, even some like weirdly beautifully shot moments that I found myself enjoying a lot of it. There are a few key moments that I did not enjoy and some things that we can point out that I think, you know, they maybe could have done differently. But I was surprised that I enjoyed myself. (laughs) So that's good. (laughs) Yeah. I could definitely see this being that kind of midnight movie for sure. Because it's just... There's a lot of silliness here. <laughs> like I said, that opening scene alone, I'm surprised yes. it's not like a, a cult classic for right. that alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we it already has an alternate title, but I wrote the alternate title, which is just Toxic Masculinity the movie. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's predicated on, you know, these guys' egos being so fragile that losing a game that they paid to have <laughs> sends them on like a rape and murder spree. <laughs> Yeah, a game, a game that not only they get that they lose, but they get annihilated seventeen to two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they try to cheat, and they still can't win. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and you know, like, I, okay, like on one hand, that's like a very grim premise in real world terms. Yeah, um, especially since it is kind of representative of corners of the internet, shall we say? But there is kind of a cartoonishness to it, a silliness that elevates it out of what could be a, you know, a rough watch. There is, like you said, Ariel, there are portions of this movie that are less fun for me to watch. But I do think it's elevated by the women in it, which are they are so badass and like in some ways unrealistic. But in other ways, they're athletes, you know, and using those skills to survive, I think it is believable and is kind of fun to watch. Right. And the thing that I think is most interesting about it, though, and I think we'll get more into this, is like this subgenre is so enmeshed with the ideas around like the male lens. And so I was really curious when you suggested this and I saw what the movie was to see how the dynamic might shift with a woman behind the camera. And there are times that I can't tell if she is sort of parodying it or Mm -hmm. if she and like making comment on it or if she's just really doing a good job of recreating it. And I think it kind of shifts in some places. There are times where I feel like I'm watching the Slumber Party Massacre of exploitation films, Mm -hmm. which I think is really, really interesting. Yeah. And those are the points where I was like, hmm, tell me more. This you're interrogating something here and I'm interested in this. Yes, there are some moments that make you cringe, but I, I think what makes it work also is that she does the Mary Heron thing that we love so much about American Psycho, where she really sees these antagonists, not just as scary or just like our powerful. She sees them as kind of pathetic. Yeah. Um, she gets at a particular element of this kind of thinking that 
she's pretty incisive in her critique about it and she sees them as laughable and this kind of thinking as laughable um, and worthy of derision. And that to me, again, I think speaks to who's behind the camera to some degree. So I think if you like this genre and you haven't seen this, get your ass to Tubi. Yeah. Immediately. Pause, come back. We'll, we're going to talk about it in spoilers, but this is, this is a hidden exploitation gem that if you, if these things are not triggering for you, you absolutely need to check it out. That's my take. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I completely agree because I thought we knew of all of these movies from that time mm-hmm. period that were directed by women. And I think we were both shocked to find that there was this hidden a one that we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is wild to me. Um, but I'm really glad we got a chance to watch it. So I think other people can should too. I mean, if you can stand some rape revenge elements then you should you should definitely check it out yeah and honestly we could probably give you the the time stamp to where you could easily jump over those two spots because it's it's really is like two spots that are super grimy that you can kind of just like bloop bloop and it'll be over because i do think that something that i it's probably because she's a woman director is that I don't want to say it's tastefully done, but it's shot in a way to where you're getting like the the titillation that's necessary for the, you know, the checkbox of of exploitation. But she also uh, either it, it's always either interrupted or the person doing the harm is either killed or harmed directly after that action. This is <laughs> <That's> not. <true. laughs> this is this is not like um, I spit on your grave or Last House on the Left, where right. you have to like let the let the woman come up from the grave and you know come and get her revenge. It's these women are tough and they mm-hmm. are smart, which is surprising for a movie like this, where you're casting essentially models because they're all exceptionally beautiful. And then you're asking them to not only play, you know, do gunplay, but also like she, I mean, they're jumping off of buses. They're like doing, it's insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is revenge by, by way of solidarity, which is interesting in this subgenre. That is not an uh, element I was expecting. Well, Um, and what I love is that like, if there's a gun on the floor, they pick it up. Like, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And they use it throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's get into spoiler territory because obviously we need to talk about some of the, the more troubling aspects, but also just some of the fun details, like the beautiful shots that come up later, because there's one in particular. I'm wondering if we're all thinking of the same one, but maybe not because there's a handful of them. So this is the part where if you are someone who does not enjoy spoilers and you have not seen this movie, because like we said, it's kind of an underseen gem. This is where you find your phone and you press pause and then you come back and I've given you some time. So you should be good to go. Yes. No, maybe. All right. Here we go. We're in the spoiler zone, folks. All right, <laughs> let's Andrew. About it. Let's hear about it. What do you got to yeah. say, my friend? Um, so <laughs> I really see this movie as like kind of like a three part uh, really like how the movie is sectioned out because we have like let's let's be honest, like as cringy as it is, like with the pinching of the butts and everything, but like that first what 15 minutes i think it is of of the baseball game is just like fun and Mm -hmm. it's i love that every time that a guy does try to make a pass at them they're they're always like asshole or dick or like they're not they're not taking it like it's not in a movie like this to where they would just be like oh gosh and then like that girl gets knocked in the face which looks really good but it's 
awful. Like yes. when she go, when yes. Stony goes down. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we kind of have what the, the inciting incident of Roy uh, getting killed by his own hand, mind you, because he shoots the bus, <laughs> the girl that was driving the bus and she just is headed that way. So it's his own <laughs> fault. Let's be honest. Yes. Um, and then yeah. after, after that point, we kind of go into like a road movie. Like we're, we're on the road. We're trying to find, I forget what the name of the town is, like Fort something or uh, whatever. And we have like a chase incident where they, they're hanging off of ladders off of the bus and they're driving the bus and, it honestly looks like she might actually be driving the bus in some of these scenes, but I can't yeah. because it doesn't look like it's like, listen, could they afford right. a stunt coordinator on this? No. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and then our, our final act is really like all happening in the forest. And um, that's yes. kind of where things get a little more, a little less fun and a little more real because I think mm-hmm. the two first acts of this movie, I think they're, almost borderline comedy Mm -hmm. and then it gets really grim and then we get into like the real stuff but even with the girls getting taken advantage of in the alley um is even played up like really like oddly because they're not trying to take off their pants or anything they're just kind of both grinding against each other it's very straight it's a very strange (laughs) scene um but yeah and and all of the guys in this movie, like you guys said, they're bumbling idiots, except for our main baddie, Mr. Collins, who's kind of like mm-hmm. the patriarch of the town, I guess. But but even yeah. with him, he has that Red weird comedic moment. Peterson. Yeah, he has that weird comedic <laughs> moment where he's he, they have that fight in the bathroom and he gets if you if you look at this correctly. He was taking a doo-doo, if you will, yes. um, when he comes <laughs> There are in, ladies present. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, ha- they have the fight, and then the coach dunks his head in that toilet. So he dunks yeah. his head in his own uh, yeah. yucky stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have this really comical moment where guys are coming in to use the restroom, and because he's gagged, it just sounds like he's having a hard time going to the bathroom. And so, like, <laughs> yeah, right. there's, like, these weird, like, funny moments where you're like, is this a horror movie? Like, when? When is the horror gonna start because up till now it's all been like yucky yuck stuff but like i said and then and then towards the end it just gets super dark and super serious and that's kind of when we get to the meat of the movie but yeah i the, i had to call out one part that i thought was super funny during the, the the shower scene and i did find one piece of trivia for this movie the the guy who wears the um check is in the mail hat yeah mm-hmm. that hat is the only prop that was made for this movie which is oh, so really yeah. Yeah. Um, everything else really everything else is like one. either in a town or like an actual place or that kind of a thing so i thought that that was kind of interesting yeah um, but he I want to hear the conversations are like, okay, well, we need the hat for verisimilitude. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy this, this character message. without the hat. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does have a really funny part, though, where he's uh, spying on the girls in the in the locker room. And, and I think her name is Shorty. She sees that he is uh, spying on them. And so she kind of like does like a sexy and then like grabs him by the arm and gives him like the, the hole behind the. And he goes, oh, that's my bad arm. And then she puts his hand on his neck and he goes, oh, that's, that's my bad my neck. Bad neck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that, that part just cracks me up every time. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear some of what you guys thought about some of the the key scenes. So obviously, like the baseball scene is is one big part of this. But then, like you know, the road stuff where it starts gets more serious. I'd love to hear you guys' take. Yeah, it's so interesting because I actually found all of the bar scene. Like you're like, when does this become a horror movie? And I was like, the tension was ratcheting so much for me in that scene because I. 
I, I know what genre this is, but I also know the danger that that kind of dynamic goes with like bruised ego, like people cheering the other ones on and the other guy being humiliated and knowing what a trigger that is for him. So like I was kind of giggling over some of the things, but at the same time, like I could feel in the pit of my stomach, I was like, oh, this is going nowhere good. So well, that was and they're also they've also been drinking all day long because they were drinking mm-hmm. at the baseball game. They're now mm-hmm. drinking in the bar. They're having like a group think mentality about things. They're talking about yeah. wanting to go get the P word. And like, it's, <laughs> I can see, I can definitely see where you're like, why that would be like triggering. And you're like, oh God, inciting incident happening soon. Yes. Like it's yes. going to happen. It was funny and over the top and, and like, they're so buffoonish. Yeah. But at the same time, to me, that is like, you know, the bright colors on a frog. That to me codes as danger. Um, oh, the Confederate and, flag in the background on the bard wasn't oh, no. a pop? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about you, Ariel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed so many of the scenes from this movie because, like you said, the tone is almost grindhouse like. Like the, I think this movie is maybe a little bit too slick to to qualify, but it has some of those tonal qualities where you go back and forth between like violence and nudity and comedy you know and kind of ridiculousness Mm -hmm. and so I I definitely appreciated that and I think that one of the things I like about that alley scene too is that you know the rape is stopped before it actually happens I mean what happens is not good (laughs) but it, it gets stopped before they're actually raped and a lot of times when things like that happen in a movie it's like you just move on from that but they actually showed one of the women being like deeply traumatized by what happened she barely talks through most of the movie because she's so upset by what happened but she's catatonic for the rest of the movie almost. yeah 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 i think it's only in like maybe the last 15 minutes that she finally says something again you know mm-hmm. so i think that it's it's interesting because some of the things are handled better than others in that respect which makes me curious to know if that was the direction that like the director was pushing it, but maybe something similar, like you were saying, Rachel happened as happened in slumber party massacre, where some of the control was taken away. You got to get the boobs in. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) And, but on the other hand, on the other hand, like if they're trying to make an exploitation film, then I understand why those things were added to, I don't know. It's a little bit confusing. And I also think it's interesting when I heard that this was a rape revenge movie, I think that what I assumed would happen would be that the the men would rape one of the women and then they would go after the men, right? Because that's often what happens in a rape revenge film. They go and get their revenge for being raped. But in this one, it's a little bit different because, you know, you have this incident that happens, but then the women flee and you get that whole chase scene and kind of road movie thing like you were happening and the men are hunting them down and they just have to kind of respond to these creepy men who will not stop trying to kill them you know so it changes the dynamic and the kind of pattern of what you're used to with the rape revenge film in a really interesting way yeah i totally agree well i mean one of the things that it changes in the dynamic is that these women are not transformed by sexual assault a lot of times the issues that i have with some of these films i know i praise revenge to the high heavens but like i spit on your grave is an example of it but like their strength comes as a result of their trauma. Like yeah. they become in some way, whereas because the dynamic is so shifted and like that, that is not really an element. Like these women are as powerful from the literal opening of the show. I mean, they wouldn't have be, that's why they won the game, right? Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. that, that is existing and carries out through the end of, of the film in a way that like kind of avoids a problematic trope. 
The other thing is, is like, and I think you've touched on this a little bit with the shower scene, is that this movie is far more interested in the interiority of the women than typically movies in this genre. Like you're talking about, oh, we love our queens. And it's not just because they're badass. It's because the movie offers you and invites you to care about these characters. Yeah. Because of their interactions, because of their their solidarity and their friendships and those sort of human moments between them. And it's down to the little things. Like as the women die, the movie takes a beat to let the women, other women mourn the loss. Like yeah. they, it doesn't yeah. treat them just like body count. When they find, I don't know all of their names, but the girl with the short hair who gets the Stony. crossbow to the tree. Yeah. Stony. When they find Stony, even though they're in a chasing and action scene, you could justify just keeping it moving. The movie takes a minute to mourn her. When the characters die, it matters. The scene that I thought was so beautiful is one of the death scenes where we get the slow motion of one of the women getting shot and falling slowly with the sunset, like coming through her hair. Yeah. Like all, yeah. like it's, it's, grotesque in terms of the content but the delivery is beautiful and it's in such contrast to like the silliness of these early acts this is why i have to talk to tanya i yeah, must but, know and <laughs> also the other shot that really stuck out to me is when stony does get shot and there's just like this this longing shot of like kind of like the sun through the trees and then you just yes. slowly see this trickle of blood coming down her leg and you're like yes. in any yeah. lesser movie this would not be a shot in this movie. And in any lesser movie, at least half of them would be hysterical women. Like yes, that, that yeah. trope of hysterical right. yes. women. Exactly. And well, they're never hysterical. No hysterical. No. Yes, as you're saying this, I'm realizing you're so No, because right. even in that scene where you've got Stoney like pinned to the tree by the arrow that goes through her, one of the women like comes up to her and kind of, you, it, the movie pauses for a second to allow her to kind of look at her and be a little sad about it. But then she moves on and goes back to yeah. meet up with the other women to you know, say, we've got to get out of here. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just, I really appreciate that because in any lesser movie of this caliber, they would just be caricatures. And I yeah. don't feel like any of them are. No. And they, they choose like about halfway through the movie, they kind of choose, they're either going to be a warrior or a runner and they're not helpless They're but they're, right. they're just trying to do what they think is best in the situation. Yeah. And I got to give it up to my girl, Donna, because Donna is the, is the queen <laughs> of this movie for me. Yeah. Um, I love her line where she says, uh, they're kind of having a conversation around, should we, should we run or should we fight? And Donna says, uh, what does she say exactly? She says, I've been pushed around by lousy men my entire life and I'm sick of it. And I'm just like, yes, girl. And then they, <laughs> they, set, they set up that trap at the at the waterfall and yeah, actually do so take great. out one of the main guys. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't expect. Honestly, I've seen this movie like four times and I never expect him to die so early in the movie because he is such like the bumbling idiot of the movie. Um, yeah. And so I thought that that was a brave choice to do that. And. I did think it was funny that uh, Roy's friend, I can never remember his name and they barely say it in the movie, but it's the, the blonde guy. That's the only thing I can think of. And you know what? I kind of like that I don't know any of the guys' names and I do know all the women's names. That just shows <laughs> but I'm like, he is like the Terminator of this movie because he gets thrown off of a bridge. He gets thrown yes! off of a waterfall and he just keeps coming keeps back. back. Yep, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that chase scene with the bus when they're going over that bridge is shot really well too, where he like dives into the yeah. water. All of that. So there's stuff in the forest that you guys were talking about that's really pretty. I really like at the towards the end of the movie, there's an action beat where they're in the forest and there's all this smoke 
and you're just yeah. sort of seeing them through the smoke yes. or the fog. That is really well shot too. I don't know. It's sort of surprising yeah. because, you know, a lot of the movie is shot in a pretty standard way, but there are these moments that show her talent that make me wonder why she didn't continue with this career, you know, or yeah. him, in that- the guy falling in the grain silo too. Yeah. Like that's shot well. Well, there's even a moment where he jumps off of a of a roof and it's kind of in like that yeah. weird slow motion. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. But um, mm-hmm. in that fog scene, especially, I love when Donna comes up and you think it might be one of the guys that are pursuing them, but he kind of covers the she kind of covers the girl's mouth and is like, shh, like be quiet. And you're like, man, why why is that in this movie? Like, we didn't need that, but I I love it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's those little things. Like, who expected a, a late stage, like, fog scene where we're, like, <laughs> where we're like gorillas in the mist all of a sudden? Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. There's, like, an earnestness to the third act of this. You can't dismiss this as just, like, smut because, it, the, because of these flourishes and the, like I said, if you drill down, if you can get over the boobs and violence and act actually look at the film underneath there is there is a sincere attempt to tell a story and to make a film within this film yeah and because of the tonal variation i just really need i need more information about the making of this film because you can sense that there's a story there that there is i don't know if it's meddling or if it's intentional but like deliberate choices are made in a way that doesn't feel like it doesn't feel just like a hodgepodge like choices are being made and i want to know more about them I'm, yeah, I find and, it very compelling. Yeah. And in speaking to your talk about like giving uh, the characters time to mourn, we even at the very end of the movie get a death montage. Like we yes! get all of yes! all of the girls <laughs> that we've lost along the way and kind of like a greatest yes! hits of their moment in the movie. And I was like, no, this woman like cared about these characters. Yes. And yeah, this like yeah, shows really in those clear. kind of moments. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I thought was interesting is at the end of the movie, there are five final girls. Like we don't have like the trope of just like, babe standing there alone and now what is she gonna Mm -hmm. do it's like they're all together and they're they're still a team and they're still camaraderie um and so i I really like that we get that extra little beat of them all standing there together like and we we get to remember like who we've lost along the way i just thought that that was an oddly sweet moment in like Mm -hmm. a very smutty film yeah it really is (laughs) there's something kind of sentimental about it at the end there and it doesn't totally fit within the tone of the rest of the movie but it is nice to have that moment especially because i assumed as the movie started that it really was going to be the type of movie where all of them get picked off one by one by one until you're just left Mm -hmm. with a single girl at the end yeah yeah, yeah. No, totally I, I want to circle back to your thing about there being five final girls. And I and again, like I told you, I'm doing a lot of parsing of this film as we're talking yeah. about it because I've I've kind of been like, I don't know how I feel. But what I I really love about the five of them and honestly, the characters in general is like one of the things I don't love about slashers is there's a lot of like moral judgment about who d- is deserving of survival and who is just fodder for body count. And this film does not do that there's never any none of the women the women who die it is happenstance and bad luck it is not a value judgment on the choices that they're making or their character yeah well even even the first girl that um dies in the bus like she even gets like her kind of moment in the in the in the shower room where she's like they focus a lot on her in that in that locker room scene because she's like, "Where are we going tonight? We're searching for the G spot." Like it's they're, they're like having fun and like and you, in a, in a lesser movie she would like have no lines and she would have just like. 
gotten yeah. killed off screen. But we even go back to her body like several times in the movie. Like before they get off the bus to run into the forest, she takes a moment to like cover up her body and like give her like a second to be like, whew. And like what I was saying about them being so smart, they're in that same scene when she goes to leave the bus, what does she do? She grabs the compass off of the dashboard of the bus. And I was like, Yeah, I wouldn't think of that. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, definite body count over here. Would yeah, not have thought yeah. of that. <laughs> I did notice that there were a lot of Pepsi product placements in this movie, so I'm wondering if there's hmm. some sort of tie in there. Oh, they're all drinking out of they're all drinking out of Pepsi cups at the baseball game, and then yeah. when they're on the bus, they're all drinking Diet Slice, which I thought was interesting. Hilarious! <laughs> but... I missed the slice. I just saw like the hillbilly lady drinking at the game because I was like, oh my god, look at the old Pepsi can! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. But now I need to. I I do feel like I'm going to revisit this movie because I feel like after our conversation, like I've moved in a lot of places and I want to like, I want to see it again with this new lens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I agree. And I do think that all the things that we've been saying that like work so well for this movie are absolutely true. I do think though that the rape scene, like the actual rape scene in this movie, we have to talk about because Mm -hmm. it really, it doesn't Mm -hmm. like, live mm-hmm. up to what you're hoping mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. other things you see around like female solidarity in this movie because yeah. it, i mean the nice thing is that it's not as punishing as i spit on your grave or last house on the left it's you know where it happens like over and over again and i spit on your grave but it still is shot where it's very much focused on just her body and just their faces as they're experiencing pleasure Mm -hmm. you really don't get any shots of her face while it's happening to tell you how she's feeling. And it very much focuses like on her breasts. And, Mm -hmm. and then once she finally is able to escape because the other women realize what's happening, we get shots of her like running through the forest without a shirt on. She dies topless and the camera lingers on her body as she's dead against the tree. So I just think that even though in some ways this movie is a little bit progressive, this Mm -hmm is not you know it's not done as well as it would have been like an mfa or revenge or violation Mm -hmm. or something you know well i mean i feel like this says 1989 oh of course it is so i'm just saying i'm looking at it from a modern lens and like no 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 i i I agree with every point you're making i'm just saying like i think that it speaks this is one of those moments where you feel the age of the film oh yeah (laughs) it's a painful scene because it's not just one person raping her like Mm -mm. they're going to take turns is what they are implicating if if it wouldn't have been stopped and that's Mm -hmm. like really grim and i hate that she essentially all those men are so implicated in that rape because they're all holding her down not just yeah. like one person holding her down like and everyone's like cheering it on they're all active in the rape which yeah. is really sticky but i do appreciate that all of them get their comeuppance at some yeah, point um, that's true um and i i will agree with you though i always feel so awful that right after that she gets killed and i'm like are you serious yeah. like why would yeah. you and and she's one of you know if we're going to talk about like what the movie concentrates on as far as like the characters go she probably has the least amount of character work in the movie like mm-hmm. at the very beginning yeah. of the movie the one yeah. girl does compliment her on her look she's like well if i if i had your good looks i'd move to hollywood and it, it, that's kind of like <laughs> that's all the setup she gets like i don't even know if she has yeah. any lines in the movie so to make her the one victim 
yeah. is a, it's a it's a bad choice. Um, I will say I do love when it's getting ready to happen and they're all kind of like getting ready to attack her. She takes down like three of them before they like yeah she, she's, she's like they're all they're all so tough and I'm like it and I'm like is this is this real like could this really are they that are they that tough? But now that you're mentioning you know like yeah they are baseball players for hire they're so athletes. yeah <laughs> and I, I do love that they bring that back at the end too where she uses the her pitching skills to throw the rock at the at the guy who's holding yeah, her sister hostage and they're, they but, use uh, their like hand signals to yeah, yeah. it's a, it's comical do. but I did it like is, it was a little I bit of a, it. a throwback. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like we earned it. We deserved that. Moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rape scene is really, I mean, this is a weird thing to say about a movie that is like very much in, in, in the subgenre of exploitation, but that's the one place that felt gratuitous to me because I don't yeah. actually know that the movie needed it. You know, we okay. already had the attempted assaults or well assaults, attempted rapes at the beginning point that like served the narrative purpose that this one did. So when this happens so late in the film and it's so graphic and like, it's so ugly and it feels like it doesn't actually serve the story in any other way except for to be like okay we need at this point we we need to have like another like moment where we have nudity or something like that and so right. yeah. that that sours the experience for me a little bit i have to be honest like i have yeah. lots of things about this movie that i really like but i can't really talk myself out of or see another perspective in that this this scene is like gratuitous and pretty gross and well it's <laughs> not really it's not really earned if you look at the, right. the 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 movie in and of itself because like you yeah. said the inciting incident happens so early on in the movie with both the the sex part and then also the you know attempted rape part and then also kind yeah. of like the death that leads to like the whole chase and everything whereas yeah. when we're this far down in the movie they've been given the initiative a thousand dollars for each girl's head make sure they're dead so why yeah. are we now taking them the beat to like do this yeah. Like, I think it's a lot more successful when they set the trap where the girls like kind of like fake sunbathing. And that's yeah. where you get a little bit of your like your little bit of nudity that's needed for this kind of movie. So I will definitely agree with you. It does like suck the air a little bit out of the movie towards the end, because yeah. in that moment, you're so invested in kind of like the chase and they're fighting back and they've got the guns and they, it's all happening. And then we have to take like this weird beat for this scene to happen. Yeah. And it doesn't make a lot of sense given the context of where we're at in the movie. So I will definitely agree. Yeah. I mean, because you really yeah. didn't need it at that point for any character's motivation. They already had motivations for doing what they were doing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. It's a shame because I think that that scene makes this a hard recommend to certain portions of the audience, whereas the rest of it, I would be like, you know, like if this is a trigger for you, like maybe steer clear. But for the most part, the people who are listening to the show, they're horror fans. Our friends are horror fans. I would feel like, yeah, give this a go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I you would know, definitely recommend it to some people for sure. I'm not like offended. Yeah, I think there's a select crowd that I can mm-hmm. recommend this to like i felt like after our conversation wrap up around revenge i was like these these ladies will get it like i think that they'll, <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll get it. um to whereas yeah. like am i would i ever take this in front of like the bgh crowd no they're not gonna they're not gonna care about a movie like this you know what i mean like it's, it's just like certain sects of people that i just w- would I, I know that they would find the appreciation in the movie even though yeah. it is like a schlocky movie you know what i mean yeah yeah. I mean, I do think it is definitely a schlocky movie. I don't think it is. But there's something else there. Like there's mm-hmm. something, it's not empty calorie. You know what I yeah. mean? There's some there there that goes back to my original kind of interest in this and being like, how does having a woman filmmaker 
change the dynamic, just like butterfly effect the in within the sexploitation genre. And, and, and also, how does places, this get made yeah. 10 years after the heyday of exploitation? Yeah, yeah like, it's yeah. kind of wild that it came out in yeah. 1990. I mean, it really doesn't feel like a 1990 film like we were talking about. But even if you say, OK, well, maybe it was shot a year or two early, earlier than 1990. Still. I still feel like it's too late, yeah. you know, and I guess some of the fashion maybe could be like late 80s, but it all feels earlier than that to me. Yeah. And maybe that's why it got lost. Maybe it was yeah. just beyond what people were interested in at the time in horror and it kind of just went to the dollar bin like gas station movie you know (laughs) right do you know if it had a theatrical release like was this i don't believe so i think it was direct yeah direct to vhs i wonder if this is like the rise of blockbuster and hollywood video era where is this like if they were mom and pop shops maybe would have had some legs but like they were so censoring of films like i wonder oh, if they Oh that's were... a that's an interesting point. Yeah. Bye-bye. Or just didn't make it to a mainstream <laughs> yeah. audience because it wouldn't have been in blockbuster hollywood video. Well yeah. it's so funny if you look at the original if you can find the original cover it has like a one woman up front with like a baseball bat and then like a couple other women behind her none of which are actually in the movie like they actually <laughs> Oh like, it's one of those. They must have done like a, a, a cover shoot afterwards but <laughs> I always that's always such a fun weird easter egg like if you go back and look at the valley girl cover they're not in the movie i love that weird yeah, yeah. 80s easter egg like vhs era easter egg now everybody has photoshop and they'll just like you know it's have funny a faded it, face over a background it harkens me back to like the young adult horror books like of like christopher pike and like yes. Stein, where you would you would like look at the cover and you're like oh, i think that that's that character and i think that that's that character yeah. like as you're like kind of yes. reading the book and like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that cover so also right. makes me think like if you saw that in a video store would you gravitate towards it as a horror fan when it's right just a woman holding a baseball bat and it's not like super bloody or there's nothing to like indicate to you that it's going to be like a bloody exploitation film yeah i mean there was yeah. an art to those vhs covers i miss yeah. that era so much i miss i i don't know if i'm like totally aging myself but i don't care i miss the the hunt of like mm-hmm. a video store yeah, me too. where you would like okay what are, what are we gonna watch tonight and you'd go and you'd like paw through and you'd see like as a kid you'd see i'd be like terrified but also drawn to the horror section and like peeking and like, <laughs> there were certain vhs yeah. covers like dead alive was one that lived in my imagination for a decade before i finally had the guts to watch it yeah society and the dentist were two that Ooh, i always looked yes, at the cover the and i was like i don't know if i want to watch that <laughs> yes do you remember what was that one it was like black roses where it was like the guitar on the front and it was kind of like in relief on the cover yeah, of it like yeah. oh oh one yeah, thing look- that I, we haven't really hit on quite yet is this has got a really great score too like it yeah. opens with these like credits and it's kind of like this ominous darker like almost synthic synth wavy kind of music yeah. and you're like what am i in for and then you get into the baseball game and you're like hokey dokey bokey dokey like it's, <laughs> it's like it's not the same vibe but yeah i just thought that that was it like all the chase scenes all of like mm-hmm. the action scenes are scored really well so i was like they spent time on this movie i just wonder why it's fallen so much into obscurity and i'm hoping that the blu-ray being out and it being actively available on tubi maybe it'll see a little bit more life i i don't think it's a movie for everybody but i'm I'm glad to see that you guys really enjoyed it because i get nervous when you show movies like this to people because yeah right. you never know is, how it's gonna land <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and like 
there are certain things that you can find joy in as a horror watcher that other people find either like too disturbing or disgusting or mm-hmm. it's just like yeah i can't really get into like the saw films it's just like not my jam but i understand why people like it i understand yeah. like why that subgenre exists and why people gravitate towards those things so when you see something that's so in obscurity and then you're like, oh, but there are some like rough scenes. Like, I'm not going to show this yeah. to my mom, of course. You know what I mean? Like, of course, <laughs> but like, right. <laughs> I do think that there's there's an audience for this movie that I don't think have quite found it yet. So I'm hoping that yeah. um, as more people start to talk about it and now that it's like widely available on Tubi that maybe more people will check it out. So Right, right. Your deep cut's not going to be so deep. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I know you're not going to be able to just like popular. wield your blood games knowledge over there. Yeah. <laughs> All the horror plebes anymore. Yeah, it's going to be like what happened with me and Tammy and the T Rex, where I talked about it for yeah. years and nobody believed it was even a movie, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, Let's true, hope. true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think if I have a deep cut. Like, I mean, I've told the story before that I saw the the. the Black Cauldron in a movie theater when I was a little kid. Oh, wow. And then yeah. it was wiped from obs- like into obscurity, like blood game style. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I made that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it came out. I was like, smartest kid. No, ever. I'm not. <laughs> same with um, same with the early Tom Cruise movie Legend. Like I felt like that oh, movie was like yeah. something that lived in my childhood and then just kind of like went away for like 20 years. And then everyone was like, Oh, did everyone remember this weird Tim Curry movie where he's the devil? And like, <laughs> Tom Cruise jumps through mirrors and it's really weird. But. I gotta revisit Legend. It's been literally three decades since I've yeah. seen that movie. But I'm it's dark. Like they oh, bake okay. kittens in a pie. <gasps> Maybe I don't need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen, kitties. Don't listen. <laughs> so I just funny. remember, I remember that, like, you know, there was like a unicorn and then Tim Curry. I did not remember. That's grim. That is grim. All right. Well, are there any other thoughts or any other scenes or moments you guys wanted to discuss about the film? Or do you want to give your your final verdict? I I kind of feel like we've tipped our hands. Yeah, I think we've tipped our hands for sure. But the scene in the like the shower scene that we were talking about, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there that I actually like, even though it's sort of this like definitely ridiculous exploitative, you know, over and over shots of like ogling women's breasts and stuff. Yeah. But this is my question. Are we blow drying boobs? Is that something that like women do? And I was just like, unaware of this. <laughs> Legitimate. I mean, like boob sweat is a thing, but I feel sure. like out of the shower, you don't really need to like. Yeah, through your bra. Just like blow dry. What I will say, what I will say about that, and I, I thought about this because I do this, I do do this weird thing where like after I do like in the morning, after I do like all of my skincare routine, like all the lotions yeah. and the serums and the blah blah blah, I do put on like the cool like on the on the hair dryer and just kind of like it's like my way of just being like, and it all is stiff now. Why do I automatically assume it's warm? Maybe it was cool. She was hot. It was steamy in the shower. Maybe that's what it was. She was addressing boob sweat. That very well. Just saying. Yeah, I also thought... Gotcha, Ariel. (laughs) You brought up the G-string, like the G-spot moment earlier, but like right before that, they talk about a G-string and how she doesn't uh, like it because it's riding up her butt. And I'm like, that's... That's, that's the, point. the only thing a string <laughs> yeah. does. Like that's literally yeah. its function. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that, that 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 whole scene is so funny because it comes it really after is. like one of the most comical parts of the movie, and you, you're yeah. kind of like settling into like understanding who these women are and everything. And and it's funny because they talk about like 
I feel like there's a missing scene in this movie where like, because it looks like they're all getting ready to like go out on the town. They're all like getting yeah. ready to go out. And then it like just cuts to them, like just sitting on the bus. And I was right, like, well, waiting to go to the next town. Yeah. Yeah. Were they going to go to the <laughs> next town and go out? Yeah. Because like they were talking about going, because the women in this movie also talk about going to get some, some stuff too. They're looking to go have a good time too. Yeah. And right. it's never like college shenanigans on that. <laughs> I mean, I played softball. They were, <laughs> and they were going to drive to like a bigger city or something to go out yeah. and party. I mean, I would have loved a scene of them just like yucking it up in some honky tonk bar. That would have yeah, been, been really fun. I, I would have actually loved them all walking into that hick bar that's in the town and everyone kind of like does like the record scratch, like, and all look at them <laughs> yeah. like, what are you guys doing in town? And then like that leads them to go to the bus, you know? Yeah. 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 You're right. I think you're right. All right. Well, we're going to need the remix. Tanya, yeah. get in touch. Is there some, some footage <laughs> that's missing? Let's, let's restore it. Director's cut. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So any other thoughts before we wrap up our review of One Blood Games? Do you feel, Andrew, do you feel like we did your film like of service? Did we do a good job covering yes, it? Yes. I'm, okay, I'm, listen, I'm just happy that you guys liked it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for me in terms of recommendation, I would say if you like this genre, it's a home run. If you're willing to be challenged by some tough scenes, definitely worth a watch. This is a easy recommend for a very particular sub part of the audience. And you know yeah. who you are. If you I think like how you worked home good, run in there. Yeah, that yeah. Was good. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I was like, if you miss this another time, man, pretty job. Um, no, but that one wasn't as good. So yeah, I think for a particular part of the audience, like you absolutely should give this a go. It it is pretty fun. Which is yeah. a weird thing to say considering proportions. Yeah, no. I mean, I think the action is fun. There's some comedy beats. I really like the women characters. You just have to know going in that you're going to be seeing rape revenge from not a modern perspective, but from one, they say 1990, but I feel like way before that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that is it for us. We don't have any listener mail this week. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can always do that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you watch this or you know anything about this, or if you are Tanya Rosenberg, our email is rachel at zombiegirls. That's G-R-R-L-Z.com. You can come find us on our Facebook page. You can slide into the DMs at ZG Podcasts. That's ZG Podcasts with an S at the end. If you like the show, please rate and review us on wherever it is that you're getting your pods. And if you want to support us, we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you get lots of cool perks like bonus episodes. You can join our Discord, uh, extended episodes. We've been doing our zombie bites where you get like more timely reviews, like short form live reviews. And yeah, all kinds of other good fun perks. Yeah, because this time for our extended episode, we're going to be actually talking about some listener mail that we got. So if you're interested in hearing some thoughts about Don't Worry Darling, which we covered a while back, you should stick around for that if you're a patron. I loved your guys' coverage on that because oh, I felt like that that movie got uh it got it had a spiral and yeah. i don't think it could ever f like get out of that spiral and i think it was falsely reviewed because of that spiral because mm -hmm. it's not it's not as bad as everybody's talking no. about harry, no. harry styles no, is ridiculous. not as bad as everybody's talking no. about no. i don't know why it's not up for like costuming or it, hair and makeup it should be like, absolutely yeah 
I, I enjoyed because every other person I've heard talk about that movie talks about it in such a negative light. And I was like, did we watch the same movie? Because it's, <laughs> right. it's definitely like middle upper. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great no. movie. But no. if, if that was condensed into an hour long Black Mirror episode, people would be flipping oh, out. Oh, flipping yeah. out. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think you can untether the reviews that that film came with from like just a misogyny and want, and it is like this weird cultural thing where we just want to tear people down. And it was Olivia Wilde's turn. Mm-hmm. She was a, a woman in her 40s dating a younger Too hot Too much dude. success. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outspoken feminist, like, here we go. Yummy, yummy to my tummy. Let's take her down. I don't know. Yeah. Although, I mean, what we're about to get into is a dissertation and why that review was wrong. <laughs> it, it has <laughs> oh, I'm so points. curious to know. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to so, talk all about it in our extended episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Andrew, you are a delight. You are oh, a shining you. light of a human. You are so smart. I can listen to you talk about movies forever. Getting the opportunity to talk about them with you is like a true treat. Thank you so much for coming back. And we hope this is just round two of many many rounds of you joining us there's gotta be some of the rape revenge movies we gotta talk yeah, about yeah. together like next time next we'll time we're doing something nails. lighter okay okay <laughs> that's fair <laughs> well it will be your choice anytime you'd like to come back you have an open invitation and yeah, if you don't say something we will we will like i said i'm gonna get out the monkey paw and i'm gonna start pulling down fingers until mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my wish of you coming back again <laughs> comes true <laughs> no thank you guys so much we really really appreciate even getting the invite from from you guys so really appreciated yeah, we'll absolutely. have to also get you back on with your co-host. We got to do like a whole family affair at some point. He's yeah, he's he's tough because he's in Ireland, so it's yeah, like that a must six make hour you guys difference. Schedule so yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why we have that's standard cool. recording time. It's like on the calendar, <laughs> and that's when it's happening. And if you can't make that work, then we're waiting another week. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Well, we're happy to have just you. We don't need right, right, right. <laughs> He's the more serious one, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can't have adults around here. (laughs) (laughs) But I want you to plug the show again. Let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find the show, like a great episode to hop in on. Like if they really want to get a good flavor of the magic that you two have, make the pitch. Let everybody know. Yeah. So obviously it's Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Uh, We're on all the socials at Friday 13. Um, If you want to get in touch with me personally, it's probably easiest just to go through the DMs of the, the Friday account just because... I've kind of fallen off of the social media bandwagon from like a personal standpoint, um, but love running the running the social medias for the podcast. So that's that's where I thrive in 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 the world. So if you need to get a hold of me, do that there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, the whole premise of the show is we talk about horror, but we also add a layer um, and we talk about horror in real life and horror in the media. Um, one that kind of goes along maybe with an, an early episode that we did. So maybe probably a little drunker than we get now but um, <laughs> one, that, one that we did a, a while back that always resonates with me and just talking about this movie kind of like gets me back there is i think it's episode nine um and keep in mind we just released 91 so that's, that's a long time ago but we talked all about football and rape culture at universities oh, and like how uh-huh. that is such it runs so rampant and we talked a lot about notre dame and what that football program really breeds into those players. And it's, I found out so much more than I ever thought I would know about that subject. And it was haunting to me. And then to play it up on the light side, we paired it with Sorority Row, the, the remake of the 80s movie, and then Cry <laughs> Wolf, which 
Another nice. movie that really people don't talk about a lot is Crywolf with with one uh what is who's the, who's the professor in that movie? I can't think of his name. John Bon Jovi plays the professor. Me neither. Yeah. So that, I mean that's kind of what we do though. We talk about something like super serious at the beginning of the show, and then we mm-hmm. kind of lighten things up and talk about some movies that maybe pertain to that that sort of same um topic. So it's a lot of fun. Um, we've done so many now, it's hard to, to to plug any other ones, but um, we're really hoping coming up really soon that we we really want to cover drag and drag culture. Mm. Oh, uh-huh. We have a loyal listener that we are trying to get on the show. I'll just say she might be on a show right now that rhymes with RuPaul's drag face. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's um, exciting. If we can if we can get her to come on and talk about drag culture and kind of the war on drag and I think it's so topical right now with all of these yeah. people like storming the drag brunches and the yes. drag story times and it's it's a scary time right there to either be a trans woman or a, a drag queen for that matter. It's just really scary and I think it's something that needs to be highlighted and I think that as we get closer to Pride Month, we need to remember to always include those parts of the community in that conversation because so often we only think about the L and the G yeah, and we true. leave out a lot of the, the B and the T and the Q. And I think that it's, it, we just, it's something we have to continue challenge ourselves in our own community to do because no one else is going to lift them up besides, you know, us. Yeah. So. Yeah. That is so true. That is That's so great. Point. Like, like it's not hard enough. Now they're also like literally making the agenda to target these women and these performers. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. And it's because they're scared. Because you know who is powerful? You know who can touch a heart? A freaking drag queen. They're yep. terrified <laughs> of power. That's what it is. I'm convinced that's what it is. Because the way that like a drag queen can open a heart, it could topple the, mm-hmm. the dynamic that we're, we're in currently. And they should be scared. <laughs> we're taking over. Sorry about yes! it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, the gay agenda. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that just leaves our plan for the next episode. Ariel, what are we doing next Next time on More Deadly? So next time we're actually going to be covering a brand new movie. Yeah. It's about to come out in theaters. The theater. <laughs> called Cocaine Bear. Yeah, <laughs> about a bear who perhaps takes a little too much cocaine and goes on a bit of a rampage <laughs> yes. loosely based on a true story loosely based on a true story yes. absolutely yes. and we're going to be joined by joe from small town failing podcast we've been on his podcast a couple of times this will be his first time on our show and we're really excited about it so oh yeah, tell him a hello i longtime listener of bgh so i know yeah you listen to joe yes. for many many years yeah <laughs> Yeah, Joe's the best. He is a doll. Um, and it's so funny to watch him be so passionate about Lifetime movies. Yeah. <laughs> and he is. I'm like, sincerely, like, yeah, you would he think that Hallmark he was, like, mocking them. But it is the most sincere love that he has of them. It's it's hilarious. Back in so the day funny. when Flora Bama Shore was on, I could have given my right leg to get on a, get on a call and just talk about that trash show <laughs> with him for, like, hours. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I got I cornered him a little bit yesterday when we were recording with him on like the latest season of Real Housewives of Miami. I was like, we got to dig down on this whole <laughs> Larson Nicole thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, Miami is so good right now. It's incredible. It's so good. How is it so good this season? I've never been like a big Miami stan. Like, you know, I watched it, but the season is. Yeah, it I is, left it Miami is, a while ago. Filmed. I had to jump yeah. on. <laughs> 
it, it it's so beautiful too. Like it is the, like it feels like a vacation when you're on it because it's just like everything about it is so aesthetic and so beautiful. Like all the women, the clothes, the background. Um, <laughs> well, and you can tell that this is not Bravo money. This is Peacock money. This is like what they're like. <laughs> They're, the they're, invest, they're <laughs> investing in this because yeah. the way it's shot is different than any other housewives. I don't know how to explain it. And then just the drama of all those women is yeah. they all have something so incredibly crazy happening in all their lives that it's just like, how is that? How do you function as a human with all of this <laughs> yes. drama? But yes, I could talk about it forever. I'll, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> Spin off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yes, yeah, seriously. Thank you so much, Andrew. This has been so much yeah, fun. This you is a have blast. to come back. You are a doll. Your show was amazing. And I'm really, really glad that you, sh- I'd never heard of this film. I don't know that we ever would have covered it. Yeah, um, probably not. You hadn't brought it to our attention. And I'm so glad we did because I feel like we had such a great conversation about it. Yeah, and- I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate giving this movie a little bit of time. So. Yeah. <laughs> And if you get Tanya Rosenberg on this podcast, I swear to God, if you don't call me, you will be our first call. Who do you think my first call will be to? I'm going to be like panicking because I need your knowledge. You better, you. If I get Tanya on here, you better come back. I will for sure. All right. Unless you guys are sticking around for the extended episode where we're going to have a spirited conversation about. Don't worry, darling. (laughs) That is it for us. Ariel, take us out. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We had so much fun talking about Blood Games with Andrew from Friday the 13th. Go check out the movie and definitely go check out his podcast. You're really going to enjoy it, I swear. And we'll be back next time with the real kooky movie, Cocaine Bear. (laughs) And a real kooky guest. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode, aka More Deadly After Dark. <laughs> you remembered. I did. Ariel, I love Andrew. I know. <laughs> He's so much fun to talk to. And even after we finished recording, we kept talking and talking, and it was yes. very fun. I will not reveal it, but I do no. know who the drag queen was. <laughs> I was like, hit stop. Who was it? <laughs> and he revealed, but we shall keep it for now Um, we'll let them do all of the revealing of that should the time ever arise but i just wanted to brag that i know something you know (laughs) because i'm good at podcasting i don't know that's probably the worst thing i could do (laughs) ariel i love you i think you're excellent um we didn't even get to get into are there any weird updates from your neighborhood that we need to touch on no. I didn't put you on the spot in front of Andrew. About yeah, no, this. I appreciate that. <laughs> Have there been any attempts made to parlay with the t- with the the third floor? Um, All right. So I have not been able to see them anywhere. Every time I go out to like walk my dog or get the mail or take out the trash, I have been trying to see this person. And so far they have not come down the stairs. Not once right. that I have noticed. Right. So my next plan is to like... Okay, you know when I had that really loud neighbor who had was like playing Game of Thrones at the like top yes. volume and I made yes. him cookies Ta-da. and asked him to turn it down and he did. What if I made this person cookies and like left them my phone number and said like 
Let's if you ever want to talk about the bullshit happening between yes. us, I'm an ally. <laughs> I oh, See, that is a much more direct and nicer route. I was like, is there like a cool place to chill with a book near the mailbox? <laughs> I mean, no, I look like a real weirdo. There's no like bench or anything. I just, you have just to, bring like, down like standing. a bean bag and post it by <laughs> mailboxes. <laughs> no, I like your plan better. Okay, so the question is, what kind of cookies are you going to make? Oh, I don't know. I have to think about that. My recommendation. Yeah. Because I feel like it is a friendly cookie and I think it is also okay. the least likely to have allergy interactions as someone who is a food allergy with legs. Yes. No one can turn down. Oh, that's a good point. And there, yeah, you're right. There's not like nuts or anything. No nuts. No but it's chocolate. also not a boring cookie because it's like a it's like, like a butter really and cinnamon bomb of yeah. deliciousness that explodes in your mouth. I'm also very hungry. Very good. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my my advice, my unsolicited, unrequested, undesired advice is to hook them up with with like a, a little plate of snickerdoodles. I feel like there's no better way to like get someone on your side than with Yeah. I really, really want one now. <laughs> Where can really I get good. one at 6 30 p.m. on a Thursday? <laughs> are there any bakeries that are still open? Like weed is legal in California. You'd think that bakeries would have like donuts. They should shop be right hours. next door. Yes. Right? Right? On like, every street it's like corner. The, <laughs> the genius um, Girl Scouts that were like selling cookies outside a dispensary. Like that. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking about that episode of Friends where Ross sells Girl Scout cookies to the stoned kids at the NYU campus. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that. It's been so long. You're an encyclopedia of Friends. I've seen it all, but I don't. I have. It's like one of those dumb comfort shows, you know, I watch over and over again because I know exactly what's going to happen. Are you watching the new Night Court? That feels like a good comfort show that you would enjoy. Yeah, I haven't started yet. I loved Night Court when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. but yeah. a lot of the remake shows, they're so not good. good. Yeah. So I haven't dipped my toe in, but maybe I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. I've heard Are the Fresh watching? Prince show is interesting, but it's really yeah, different and not that. a comedy. It's not a comedy? No, it's like a drama. What? Yes. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> like, that's a little disappointing. I want it to be a comedy. Yeah. I want to yeah. know how his life got flipped upside down. <laughs> I don't know. My brother-in-law says it's good, but I haven't given okay. it a try. All right. Well, I go off, queen. <laughs> <laughs> Are you watching anything you really like? Have you seen anything good lately that I need to watch? Uh, probably not. I mean, I, I watched the first episode of Poker Face the other night. And oh, I thought that was terrific. Just like you said you. it would be. Yeah. Is it yeah. for you? Oh, 100%. It's so yes, good. I know. <laughs> Leon is so amazing. Like, Ugh, she can do anything, to be so honest. Much. I know. Like, I'm trying to think, like, what's the – I could watch her, like, commentate football. Like that's how much I like <laughs> you her. would watch it. Yeah. I would be entertained by her being like, "Look at these cockroaches on the field." Like that, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Natasha Leone, right? Did that you feel was, like she was in the room? Oh, no, it was. <laughs> don't you patronize me? <laughs> I don't need you to patronize me. I have a whole email from Larry. To do. <laughs> oh no! You just need to start uh, chain smoking again, and then you'll probably sound a little more like her. Oh man, if my lungs could handle it. <laughs> it's great. I'm so glad they can't. 
I know. But they were, it was so cool, man. I was so cool with my cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not supposed to say that, but let's be honest. <laughs> Smoking is cool. <laughs> <laughs> What if that's like the most controversial thing I've ever said on this show? That, <laughs> and that, I mean, the, the competition is stiff, but that probably it is, is the worst I think you thing. just like blew your chance <laughs> to ever be invited on Sesame Street or something like that. Yeah, Lil Nas X has been on Sesame Street. And he oh, grinded- that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You just grinded on the devil. You like gave him like a, you wrote him like reverse cowboy. Like, <laughs> like I can make a joke about smoking and still qualify. Fair enough. Fair enough. As me a street. Um, God, I loved that show when I was a kid. I, I didn't know, have cable. I had like two me channels neither. and one of them was PBS. Yep. And I loved it. And I was always so bummed when it was time for like, um, what was that? Three, two, one, connect. I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, PBS <laughs> and like Coffee TV twenty in the Bay Area was. Yes. Like, yeah, it was my life as a kid. <laughs> Those yes. were my channels. I, does Coffee TV twenty still exist? I, I don't think so, but I don't know. That's a good question. I remember, like, I there would show horror films on there, and yep. the commercials would terrify me. There was one that, like, I was terrified for like a month, and my mom had to like promise me this may Aww. be the origin of my spider issue. But there okay. was this movie, and I think it was just called Bugs, and mm. there were these big bugs. They would bite you, and then you would cause you to spontaneously combust. Oh my gosh, that was a commercial. And I re- yes, and I remember there's a part where someone pulls a blanket back and reveals, and they're like all over their chest. Ah, and I can and see. I mean, that like, that's my childhood something. memory of it. Yeah, like yeah. that's my. It, it may not even be accurate, but like I have a clear memory of it from my childhood brain, and like. I was terrified that was going to happen to me. My mom had to keep being like, no, there's no bugs. There's no bugs. You're fine. Please go to bed. She probably just wanted to sleep so bad. And I was like, but the bugs. And she was like, no more coffee TV. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember how they used to have from like the SPCA, they would have dogs come on between breaks and they would have them sit in that armchair while they talked about them. It was so cute. Yeah, that really cute. I mean, yeah, I guess like local stations, are they still even a thing at all anymore? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I feel no like there's idea. probably like one still out there, like the last blockbuster, you know what right, I mean? Like right. the last stand of some like really wacky local, like like somebody who's like thinks UHF is, a, is like a documentary and they're doing their best <laughs> <UHF> life. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> all right. I've been stalling. We need to yep. just get into this. Let's do it. <laughs> Okie dokie. So this email comes from one of my truly one of my favorite people, like absolute heart of gold, makes me laugh, makes me think. I'm so grateful for his friendship. And that is one Larry. Um, You've seen him. If you're a patron, you may have seen our um, recent uh, zombie bite on Infinity Pool. He's been on Stream Queens a ton. He's even been here on More Deadly when um, Arrow, you were out and me, him and Am, uh, am, Matilda. Uh, Ma- Matilda. <laughs> I'm tired and they need to eat. Um, covered American Psycho. American, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I knew the movie, but I could not come up with the name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Which is funny thing. because it's, you referenced it and the director earlier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's how my brain works these days, uh-huh. Ariel. <laughs> I can have it one second earlier and then it's just gone. gone. Yeah. Just gone. And it's never coming back. Um, so anyway, he listened to our Don't Worry Darling episode, which was like two or three ago. 
Um, if you don't count the, I think it was actually two episodes ago, minus the director's cuts. Um, we came down fairly positive about the film. We had some quibbles with aspects yeah. of it. Um, like the colorblind casting. There's some like technical errors that are problematic. Um, but yeah, we largely stuff that didn't resonate. Yeah. Yeah. We largely liked we mm-hmm. enjoyed it. We thought it was beautiful and well directed if some of the writing and maybe some of the performances weren't totally solid. Yeah. Um and we spoke a lot about the role that misogyny played in the backlash and harsh critiques of the film. Right. Today we're going to receive <laughs> a different opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't I I received a very lengthy and detailed response to that um normally we like to read the the emails on the show but this is such a involved one we thought you know like we have to give this thing its time um it's a whole segment all on its own um so we're gonna do that today okay get into that so this is broken up into one two two subsections followed by a third subsection that are just quick hit points um, oh my yeah yeah it is this is a dissertation like he had very very strong feelings about this that he okay. wanted to share and so I want to offer a platform for that and an opportunity for rebuttal if we disagree with what he's saying but I'm going to try to keep an open mind like maybe he is going to change my opinion about these okay so he begins thanks to everyone for listening and thanks to my co-host Ariel who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me and finally thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell.